not feeling it. We can do a cold open. Yeah, we could do a cold open. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about? I mean, that's the point of a cold open is that you jump right into the conversation. You're listening to Advancing Education, the Alberta Student Podcast, where we talk about student issues, news, we conduct interviews, we do all sorts of other kinds of things like that. My name is Emmanuel Barker, and I'll be your host. Stay tuned for the rest of the episode. Welcome back to Advancing Education, the Alberta Student Podcast. It has been a minute, and the most important thing going on for student leaders right now is their transition out of student leadership. Now, we're talking to two previous podcast guests, uh, Brittany Lawson and Chloe Collins, and they're going to talk to us about what it's like being a longtime student leader, an extremely longtime student leader sometimes, and what it's like to transition out of that role. So, uh, Brittany, how are you doing this morning, and what exactly is up? Do you want to, like, introduce yourself again? You know, I mean, you got a couple of important roles, and you've been doing this for a real long time, and you have been on the podcast before, but how many chances are you going to get to introduce yourself as, like, one of the student leaders of, like, a million different groups, you know? So why don't you get at it? This is this is my last time that I will be introducing myself with all the different hats that I wear, likely. Um, hi, my name is Brittany. I am a fourth-year student leader um, for the Students Association of Red Deer College in my second term as president. I also sit um, in my role as president on uh, RDC's Board of Governors. Um, I'm on the ASEC board as ASEC chair, as well as a board member on FAST. FASA. Um, yeah, so I wear uh, a few different hats, um, but yeah, the, only until April 30th for a couple of those. Holy, that is coming up. How do you feel about it? You're nervous, you're excited, you ambivalent. What, what's the, what's the vibe? A lot of mixed feelings. Um, you know, there's obviously waves of sadness. Um, you know, my student leadership journey started about halfway uh, through my post-secondary journey and, you know, being a part of student leadership has, you know, seen in my personal life has seen some, you know, big milestones. You know, I got married while I was a student leader. Um, so, you know, it's just been such an integral part of my life for the past four years. You know, I eat, breathe, sleep, student leadership, student governance. Um, so a lot of mixed feelings, a lot of sadness, a lot of excitement for my incoming team and to, you know, to encourage them and, and see what they do. Excitement, you know, for my next steps, what are, what's my next? Um, also a lot of fear, you know, there's, there's a lot of fear with student leadership that, you know, will I ever do something this great ever again? Will I ever get the opportunity to make this big of impact? And so there's a lot of fear in my heart, you know, surrounding like, yeah, what's, you know, what can I do next to make, you know, as big of impact as I was able to as student president? Yeah, by its nature, student representation is a unique sort of circumstance, because you only ever get four opportunities. There are only ever four opportunities or five maybe per institution to do it. And that means that in any given year, like there are the vast majority of people don't get to experience it. Now, like with anything else, you never really know if you're going to like it or have an aptitude for it or if it's going to be something that really works for you until you do it. So when you find one of those experiences, one of those, you know, valuable but really, really unique experiences, what 
<laughs> you know, like once you do find it, I can totally imagine that nervousness following um, your experience because you're like thinking about whether you'll find it again. You know, I went through that experience that you're feeling right now as well. And I can tell you that there are a lot of um, jobs and a lot of sort of career paths and a lot of extracurricular stuff, maybe especially not extracurricular because your real life isn't post-secondary, you know, but there are a lot of sort of volunteer opportunities that really ring the same bells. So I understand your sort of nervousness about it, but I, you know, I can tell you there's a light at the end of the tunnel on that one. Um, Chloe, uh, so why don't you're, you're transition transitioning out as well. You're graduating soon. Why don't you tell us about how you're feeling? And I mean, you can introduce yourself first again, because, um, our previous recording of this podcast kind of messed up a little bit and I feel bad asking you to do it again, but I do really need you to. So why don't you give us your titles and kind of what you're about in your school, and then we can talk about how you're doing with the transition. Sweet. Yeah, no worries. I am totally here for it. So my name is Chloe. I'm a VP external at Alberta University of the Arts Students Association. I also sit on the board for ASEC and the FSAA, which is our federal student group. Um, additionally, I sit on the board for the CSA, which is the Calgary Student Alliance, which is our municipal level advocacy group. Um, but I am in a very unique position because I have completely shifted what I want to do with, you know, my job, my future career and all that after school, because being in an arts degree, uh, not exactly super geared towards the kind of stuff that I want to focus on now. Um, and definitely like through student leadership, that's had a huge impact on my interests and, you know, what type of things I think I would be well suited for. So I'm definitely looking to pursue something that's more in the vein of governance and advocacy, just through my experience with student leadership. It's really piqued my interest with that. And I love it. Now, I'm so glad to hear that you had a positive experience doing student leadership, because like what we were talking about with Brittany, it's. It is unique and not everybody gets a chance to do it. And once you're in that seat, you may not even like it. Like there's a huge chance that once you take on the sort of mantle of responsibility as an elected person in any capacity, like what if you don't like it? It's hard to, it's impossible to tell. Once you do know though, you've already answered one of like life's really big questions, which is like, how do like, what, what do I want to do? What do I want to do with my life? And whether you feel like you're prepared for that sort of career path now or not, at least, you know, what it is you want to do. And that will allow you to prepare for it moving on into the future. Um, I'm confident in you though, like you've done a ton amount of, a ton of work with us. You've done a ton of work at your own institution and you've got a really good, um, capacity for working with government. I think that those are really positive qualities. Um, and your career path is going to work. It's, it's just a question of what, um, what opportunities end up being there for you. You know, um, that said, uh, what, uh, what exactly do you see in your day to day right now when it goes to transitioning to the new people in, do you, do you know who your elected people are already? Yeah. So I actually, uh, I roped one of my friends into running for the position as is tradition with student leadership. Uh, so Graham Boyd is going to be our new incoming VP external, and he's just as excited as I was in starting in this role. I think there's going to be a lot of continued momentum from the work that I started with our association moving forward. I know that he's really keen to be a part of ASEC in a big way and 
to focus on our federal stuff as well. So I'm really excited to see what he does in the next year, but it's going to be a bit of a lengthy transition process. Um, the way that ours works, we're done officially on the 15th of May. So it's going to be about two weeks of like really intense, you know, showing him the ropes, giving him all the hot tea and information that he needs to uh, be effective in this role. But I'm really looking forward to it because I didn't get to transition anyone last year since I ran unopposed. And uh, it's, you know, it's a unique opportunity to be able to hand that off to someone and feel confident that they're going to be able to carry that torch. Man, no doubt. No doubt. I knew that the uh, person coming after me when I was a student executive was going to be really good. Um, she'd had a ton of organization experience uh, and a lot of work with like representative organizations, which I thought was really great. Um, so I'd love to talk a little bit about what projects you, Chloe, think are the most important. And in doing so, like what like what are you going to really emphasize? Which projects are you really going to emphasize when you're transitioning your your new person? For sure. So, I mean, the biggest thing that I really want my new executive to focus on is being on the board of directors for ASEC. I think it's the best way for our student association to be able to be a part of those high level conversations when we're speaking to government and ensuring that, you know, issues that are really important to our association and our students are brought to that table. Um, that's definitely something that we have struggled with as an association in the past because uh, prior to my role or my two years and prior to my predecessor's two years, the role went unfilled for six years. So we didn't have a VP external at all for six years, which is a long time to not have any pulse on the, you know, what's going on with post-secondary on the provincial level. So I'm really excited that we have more continuity moving forward. Um, and definitely like ASEC is, the main focus of my transition. Um, additionally, for the municipal level, we have a municipal election coming up in Calgary in October. So there's gonna be a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of ensuring that students have access to all of those platforms uh, and the campaigns that are going on to be able to choose the people that are gonna best represent them. Um, and especially with the third party action group situation that's going on now where municipal politics are becoming a lot more partisan. It's really important for our student leaders to be really plugged into uh, what's going on on the provincial and municipal level so that we have people in those positions that are really going to represent student interests, specifically the UPASS. Yeah, no, no doubt. Like um, the municipal level is something that's often left on, on, you know, unobserved from a student leadership perspective. And to that point, not having, so you've been in school for six or seven years, right? Seven? Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. Right. Long haul. Yeah. Long haul. I did the same thing. I, I, I took a minor that added another year and then I did student leadership, which added another year. So, and then I did four classes a year. So, or a semester, I mean, which is very manageable. Um, but seven years in school is a long time to not have a master's degree when you've graduated. So I feel your pain. Uh, so not having been at AU arts for, for so long, you must be aware of some of the changes that happened with your association, not having a VP external for six years and then finally having one and for two years, having it be you. Can you say that there are 
positive changes on the campus that you've noticed having had that representation? I feel like we're just in kind of a unique opportunity to discuss the value of having student representation um, on a provincial scale, on a on a municipal scale, on a on a on a national scale now with the FSA. Like I'd love to hear about what those kind of changes were on your own campus or in your own association. Absolutely. So one of the biggest things is I don't I don't know, you know, how the student fee consultation had gone in the past before I was on that committee. Um, but definitely being a part of ASEC and being plugged into what's going on federally and provincially, we're able to make a lot more um, considered decisions and just know how to ask for the right information. So I'll say right now, like we were not being given the information that's being, you know, that's required to be given through the PSLA. We were not being given those required documents and we were still being asked to make a decision. So, you know, knowing what I know through ASEC um, and being familiar with those documents like the PSLA has really helped strengthen our advocacy there. Um, and though I can't speak to anything specific to the Board of Governors as I don't sit on that, I do know that, you know, I think we were about one vote away from actually denying the institution from raising tuition, which is huge. That's not really something that we see very often. So it's definitely really rewarding to see that, you know, we're able to make really considered arguments that have the potential to impact change and influence others in their decision-making at a high level. It's pretty wild that after only four years of having a VP external, your organization has in its negotiations with the institution managed to completely change the the amount of information that you're receiving you know the 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 vote got so much closer which means you're really changing hearts and minds with your arguments on tuition i know that the asec recommendation of 765 on the on the tuition cap has not always been the most popular option but given now that the circumstances are so much worse than when the when the cap was introduced initially. Like it makes a lot of sense to try and mitigate the amount of increase that we're dealing with from the provincial level. But you weren't even talking. We're not even talking about that. Like you've been advocating about that on the provincial level, but you're talking about in your own institution. Those those negotiations are so much more honest and so much more fair now that you have the obligatory information. You wouldn't have had that being like by not having a representative at the table, it's impossible. You couldn't have done it. So, I mean, I'm really glad to hear that those are really tangible, positive benefits of having student leadership. There's always a, there's always welcome, uh, for an opportunity to talk about the kind of positive changes student leadership brings to your campus. Um, so thank you for giving those examples. Uh, Brittany, what, what big kind of projects are you going to emphasize for your new student leader uh, in your position? And do you want to tell, tell us a little bit about them? Are you excited about your new representative? Yeah, I am stoked. So, um, you know, my successor, her name is Savannah uh, Snow. Um, and, you know, it's kind of an unwritten rule um, within student leadership is that it is, you know, during your last year, it is your job to you know, drum up excitement, you know, knowing that you will be leaving the position. Um, you know, for me, I maxed out my three years, you know, regular college, we have a three year term limit. So I knew, you know, May 1st, 2020, that come April 30, 2021, I was done. So I had a full 12 months to drum up excitement within my student body to have a replacement 
you know, run. So there's kind of that unwritten rule that, you know, it's your job as an outgoing student leader to ensure that there are people interested in running for your position and then let democracy take over from there type of thing. Um, and, you know, I got really lucky. Savannah, she sat on council um, since the fall. She started a student group. Um, she brought Enactus. It's, it's a national, um, you know, entrepreneurial student group. Um, she brought it to Red Deer College and, and she founded that student group. So she's quite a driven, really capable student leader. Um, and actually, you know, when I approached her, you know, saying, have you ever considered running for, you know, student exec? I know you're on council, but have you ever run, thought about doing a little bit more, you know, committing to a, you know, a bigger responsibility? And she hadn't, she said. She said she really had not even considered that when I, you know, approached her saying, hey, I think I, I, I see your, your level of engagement. I see your skills. And I think you'd be a really good fit for this position. Um, I did that in fall and, and, you know, she thought about it over the fall term and ultimately decided that she wanted to put her name forward to run. Um, but yeah, I have so much peace of mind knowing that um, I'm leaving office to, you know, not only an extremely capable, articulate, intelligent individual, but also someone who really wants to be there, who wants to be a part of student government. You know, she's she's excited for what her term is going to look like, what she can, you know, add to the organization. Um, because as student leaders, we should always be adding more than we're taking, um, you know, like in value. I don't know if that's necessarily quantifiable in the sense of numbers, but definitely, you know, leaving the organization in a better position than you found it. So um, yeah, and, and she's super, super excited to do that. So I couldn't be, couldn't be more relieved. <laughs> yeah. You know, having a student leader who really, really likes being there and really wants to be there and has an understanding of why they're there will be able to accomplish so much more than someone who does it because they think it's, you know, maybe like a good, a good like work experience opportunity exclusively, right? Like when you have that level of commitment, when you have that level of excitement, it totally changes things. Uh, my therapist quoted the Nietzsche quote to me yesterday, which was, uh, any person, a person can overcome any how, as long as they have a why. And it, it really is true. It's like your capabilities absolutely crystallize when you know when, when, when you're faced with a, with a challenge that you're committed to overcoming, it's like you, your, your capabilities completely increase. And I, and I love that about it. Um, but, uh, I think that quote actually really rings quite true to me because in student leadership, sort of working with all of you, I've had the opportunity to, um, really define what it is that students are most concerned about or most focused on resolving. And that has solidified the direction of the organization. It's like we, we are informed by our own members of exactly what is important. And then focusing on that is so much easier when you have the direction. Like uh, I just, I couldn't be happier about it. Um, but uh, second part of that question was, uh, what projects are you really going to be emphasizing with your new student leader uh, so that they can sort of hit the ground running on them? Like, what are what are your big priorities for them moving forward? Yeah, I think, you know, for Savannah, some of her priorities will be building 
um, relationships for herself. You know, one of the pros and cons of being a student leader for so long is um, the institution really gets into a niche. You know, with you, they they know your style, they know who you are, um, what you're all about type of things. So I think that's going to be, you know, a, a new challenge that, you know, SARDC hasn't had in, in a, you know, few years, because I've, I've been a returning student leader for a couple. So really building those relationships um, with senior, senior leadership, you know, they're, <laughs> Another thing that I, I, I didn't get a chance to do this year that I would really like to um, see carried on. And another thing about student leadership is that, you know, student leaders who get elected and take office May 1st, they don't have to continue the work that, you know, their predecessor has done. They can choose to either say, you know, actually, I don't think that serves the needs of our students um, the way, you know, my previous person thought. And that's totally fine because, each person has their own thoughts and perspectives and was elected by the student population to represent them in, in the way that they see, um, you know, fit or what they're hearing about. So, you know, these are all just my thoughts. Um, and, and obviously if, you know, my uh, successor or any successor around the province decides to take an organization in a, in a slightly different direction, I think that should be celebrated. I think pivoting is hugely important in the student movement because we have high rates of turnover and just the, you know, ebbs and flows of post-secondary in general. Um, but, you know, an interesting happen thing happened um, at RDC. We had a, a senior executive retire not too long ago. Um, and, you know, during the hiring process, um, you know, there wasn't any student representation on the hiring process. And that kind of led us to a, an interesting thing is that there's really no standard for student representation on internal hiring committees or really internal committees of the college that isn't outlined in the post-secondary learning act. You know, there in the PSLA, you have to be on academic council, students have to be on academic councils and students have to be members of the board of governors. But other than that, there's really no legislation saying students have to be on this committee. So I'd like to see a standard because right now it's very up to management, you know, whether they want to invite student leaders. And I have sat on several hiring committees over my time, um, but that's just been because the manager has, you know, wanted a student perspective. So I'd really like to see that kind of standardized within my home institution. Um, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a, there's, I think, going to be some some exciting things coming RDC's way in the future. Um, we just got our first baccalaureate degree, um, continuing on the work to get the other four degrees approved. Um, there will be no shortage of work for Savannah to do. Yeah, I bet. So. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of internal projects going on at RDC, which is really good and really interesting and a good chance for her to sort of know where she's coming from as a student leader if she decides to run for a second term and really wants to branch out into the provincial, maybe into the federal, that kind of thing. So yeah, good opportunity for her. Um, all right, cheesy question time because we're coming up uh, about seven minutes away from where we want to cut it off. What kind of advice, Chloe? Well, let's, let's go back to Chloe for a minute. But like, what kind of advice would you give the incoming student leader for your position um, 
especially having reflected on leaving it now there's always a there's always a bit of hindsight's 2020 like i wish i had done this and like do you have any of those those insights any of those lessons for the new person were they to be in your position now for sure so i think for me like i really did a lot of growing through this position and learning both how to um, manage my interactions with my own internal team and how to communicate best with the administration as well as government. Um, I mean, myself personally, I tend to be a very like to the point kind of person. I'm, I can be a little bit robotic at times I've been told. So for me within my own student association, I definitely had to make some changes to make sure that I really connected with my team I think part of that was due to the fact that we're online and it's really hard to have that same kind of social camaraderie that you would normally have in an office situation when you're online and, you know, you don't get to see real faces all the time. So definitely like learning how to manage those different relationships between your team, between the administration and between the government and operating in ways that are going to be most beneficial for you to get your point across so like for administration, I definitely am very professional. Um, it's, you know, that whole mutual respect with criticism thing tends to work a little bit better than uh, trying to appeal to their emotional sensitivities as that is not super, um, yeah, it just has not worked super well in the past. They tend to, or at least the individuals I've worked with tend to respond a little bit better when they're presented with a fact-based um, opinion and uh, you know just opportunity for change, they really like to see the statistics and the backup information as to why I'm arguing for what I'm arguing for. Um, they don't seem to be super receptive to the plight of the student, which is understandable in some ways because it really you know, admin is trying to run it like a business and that's their priority. And I respect that. So trying to give them information in a way that they're going to be receptive to has been the best advice I could possibly give at this point, I think. Well, I mean, we're always at ASEC, we're always trying to impress the importance on being an accountability partner. And in some instances that does relate to the institution as well. And what you're talking about is like taking a professional approach, trying to make sure that all of your arguments are backed up with information, with research and working with ASEC can be a good way to sort of help you um, get all that information. Like as an association, as a member association, you have access to some of the research that we've done and that can help back up your arguments. So maybe making sure that your new person knows that and when that comes time, when it comes time to have that kind of conversation with your institution or maybe even with the provincial government, making sure that that research is there to back them up is really important too. Um, I appreciate those comments though. Like that's a, that's an interesting, an interesting take. I think it is going to be really important to focus on kind of that that team dynamic situation because of the circumstances of COVID. And I, I, I like that you made an effort to focus on that. Although if I were to describe you, I don't think the word robotic would come up. I don't know who's told you that, but that it, that does not make sense to me. Um, Brittany, what is your, uh, what is your advice? What's it, what's it like being a three-term student leader leaving? What, what, what are, what are the great, great long-term insights that you have, you've brought forward 
My advice, and this is for really any leader, um, can be applied beyond presidencies or student executives. Um, but really it's, um, you know, be able to take criticism. Um, obviously like don't allow people to tear you down. Um, cause that's not criticism, but uh, uh, be open to learning, um, and accepting growth, which I am not great at. And it's something that I have definitely worked on this year or not this year during my term. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you have two ears and one mouth. Listen more than you speak, which is ironic because I speak a lot, but I'm also listening a lot too. Um, and also, uh, often student leaders, when they first get elected, they come out of the gate swinging, which isn't a bad thing necessarily, but you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. And, you know, when you have friends in any walk of life, you're able to get further than if you have enemies. So, you know, I think building relationships is, is a huge part um, of being, being a leader. Um, you know, and, and Chloe touched on respect, you know, treating people with respect, um, you know, listening to where they're coming from. Obviously, when you work in, in the realm of politics, there's a lot of varying spectrums. Um, I don't even think politics is like a line anymore. I think it's just, you know, you're in like a, a circle and anywhere, any point you can be in the circle, um, you know, you're always going to have people the opposite um, of your perspective, but listening to those people and, you know, trying to find a solution. And sometimes there is none. And obviously there's times to be spicy, um, but it's not every time, you know, so, so don't just come out swinging you know, listen and yeah, be nice. Cause I promise you, you'll get further that way. <laughs> <laughs> Having taken both approaches, <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> uh, no, so I'm, spicy, I'm mainly nice. <laughs> mainly, mainly nice. Yeah. Spiciness in moderation is a great, is a great piece of advice for whatever new student leader is coming in. Um, okay. So we're nearing the end of our time. Do either of you have a final message you want to give the podcast before we bow out? I mean, I just want to, you know, voice how much of a wonderful opportunity it's been to work with ASEC and all of the other partners that we have and my own student association as well. But I've met so many wonderful student leaders and people working in other positions that, you know, have just really encouraged me along the way. And I feel like it's been a really supportive and enriching experience for me. So I'm really excited that other people get to experience that as well. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I, I know that everybody that um, we've worked with over the last couple of years feels very similarly, um, that it is in huge part the relationships that you make when you're in the position that you're in that are the the real lasting benefits of doing this kind of work. Um, and I know we all care about you the same way. So thank you for giving that message. And Brittany, what is your, what is your, final, what is your final sign out? Find the most secluded bathroom in your institution so that when you're crying, no one will come and disturb you. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of kidding, kind of. 
Um, but no, in all seriousness, it's okay to feel overwhelmed because you will feel overwhelmed at times during your journey. Um, but, you know, make friends with other student leaders, um, you know, rant, cry, um, but keep it off social media, pick yourself up <laughs> and, and show up on Monday morning and, uh, yeah, make the most of your, your time, um, <laughs> that is some of, some of oh that's so good i'm gonna i'm gonna use that for the new for for the new intro i got so much flack on the survey about using the same stupid meta joke on the opener to every podcast everyone was like tell them that using a cold open as an introduction is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm like, but it's, it's meta. It's funny. I thought it was great. Anyway, they think it was dumb, but okay. So to summarize, I love the idea of making sure that you find a good crying room. That's a good thing. Uh, John had one. I had one. You got one. Make sure it's secluded. You know, mine was in Kirk Hall, University of Saskatchewan. It's a good place to go. Uh, if anybody's out there, um, <laughs> it's, it's a classic, uh, and keep it off of social media words to live by. Words to live by. Okay. Brittany and Chloe, thank you so much both for coming and joining us on, on this episode before you transition out. I'm sure student leaders are going to enjoy listening to this and feel heartened listening to it when they are themselves also transitioning out. So with that, I want to thank you again. Um, and I hope everybody takes, you know, the time to sort of be kind to yourself because this is a, this is a difficult, strange and unique circumstance that you're in.